You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Welcome to episode 54. I'm approaching my year anniversary of doing this podcast, and I thought it would be really fun to have Sean, my fiance, on the show for an interview slash conversation. After all, he has been my number one supporter since day one. He hasn't complained about all of the time I spend at the computer writing my shows or answering your emails. He encourages me on a daily basis, not only with the podcast, but with everything I do. So we will get to that in a moment. There are just a couple of things I want to talk about first. I am recording this the week after the tragedy that took place in Paris. I don't want to talk a whole lot about this because I know you're hearing about it on every other podcast and television station right now. But since I am a person who cares so deeply about peace and love, this is really hard for me to grasp. I I don't understand it. We are all one. We're all human. I know some of you listening are from France and also many other places in the world where there is a lot of hate and destruction going on. I'm appalled by what is going on in the world right now. And I'm hoping and praying for some change in the future because this hate has got to stop. This can happen to any one of us in any area we're living in. This particular group, ISIS, is targeting everyone No one can feel safe from them at this point. I'm praying for all of you in France. And I ask all of the listeners, please pray. Or if you don't pray, please send some positive energy and love to those who are struggling during this time. Moving on. I recently got a really nice email from Amanda. I wanted to give you a shout out and say thank you so much for that. When I receive an email from a listener who tells me what I am doing is meaningful to them, it really motivates me. I'll be honest with you, some weeks are really a struggle to put out a show for you, only because my time is limited. So any positive feedback I get really makes my day. And I always need reviews on iTunes as well. So if you ever have a minute to submit one, it's really greatly appreciated. And last, I don't know if you remember... But a while back, I had mentioned to you that I got an email from a casting director regarding a reality television show about blended families. Well, they reached out to me again, so I thought I'd get some more information for you. This show is going to be on a major cable television network. And I'll read you her email. Her email says, The only message we want to spread is that times are changing and so is the definition of what a traditional family is. I came across your Twitter and podcast for blended families and thought I would reach out. We are hoping to find amazing families with even greater stories. We are hoping to find families of different and both races, both sexes, step-parents who have children and are now raising their new spouses, children, etc. There are no boundaries to the new nuclear family. This show is meant to be fun and honestly just joyful and inspiring stories. 
Our goal as a casting team is to highlight the positive on the non-traditional family. Our goal is not to exploit any family, but find positive and inspiring stories of what was life like before, how did you all come together, and how do you make it work? The show will not follow just one family, but follow other families who are part of blended families and hear their stories. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in for your family, you can contact them at blendedfamilycasting2015 at gmail.com. They're asking you to include your name, contact info, a photo, and a brief description of your family. And again, that was blendedfamilycasting2015 at gmail.com. And I will include that link in the show notes for you in case you can't write it down right now. Okay, that's it for my announcements. On to the show. I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Sean. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. Hi, Annie. So I thought it would be really nice to have you on here since you're a huge part of why our blended family runs as smoothly as it does. And I also thought it would be nice for my listeners to get a chance to know you better. But let me start by saying thank you for being my biggest fan throughout this last year of hard work. Can you believe it's been a whole year already for the podcast? No, I cannot. So for those of you who don't know, Sean and I work together all day in our house cleaning business for the last seven years. We pretty much spend all of our time together. And if you want to hear the story of how we met, there is a blog on the website, but we met at McDonald's while we were both there grabbing our kids some food. And that was almost nine years ago. We've been inseparable ever since, but that doesn't mean it's been a walk in the park either. It's definitely been a journey with both good times and bad. We didn't get engaged until last year and we're still not married really only due to finances and the craziness of our life right now, but we are working on it and hopefully we'll arrange something soon. Anyway, Sean, I did get some questions from the listeners to do later. Okay. But first, I want to talk to you about some other things. Uh, I want to talk about our parenting styles. I would say that when we met, we had completely different styles of parenting and now we still do a little, but I think we kind of helped balance each other out. Can you talk a little bit about my style versus your style and maybe explain how we complement one another? Well, for me, I think I'm a little bit more of a softy and you're a little bit more on the strict side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get my, well, at the beginning I was only getting my kids every other weekend. So it was hard for me to reprimand them and get on them a lot because I felt bad because I didn't get to see them all that often. And you actually helped me try to put it in perspective that that it's okay to, you know, try to correct them for what they do wrong and not actually back them up and say it's not wrong, you know. Yeah, and I think for me, I think that you helped me calm down a little bit because I sometimes used to be really uptight. Just and, a little. Yeah, just a little. So so you kind of helped me relax a little bit and have more fun parenting than, than how I used to be, I think. And you helped me kind of uh, open up a little bit and be more communicative with the children since I used to be, you know, not talk about everything with them. And you were really, really open. I believe that you should be honest with your kids. Yeah. 
So, and now I want to talk about something personal. I hope you don't mind. I, I have mentioned to the listeners before how you used to have some problems with your anger, which is now no longer an issue, but I have gotten emails from people asking, how did you do that? And I can only tell them how I managed it from my end, but can you talk about it a little? Maybe you can offer advice to those who do struggle with this because your perspective is going to be really different from mine. Well, I think in my past relationship, uh, I just... We argued a lot, and I, you know, a lot of times I would hold in all the anger, and I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to start a fight. And then all of a sudden, it would just come out, and the anger was unnecessary. Uh, you extremely helped me with that situation. I, you know, uh, you helped me say, you know, honey, just walk away, count to ten, come back out, you know, feel relaxed. And the one thing that you that always plays in my mind, what you used to say, is that anger stays in your body thirty seconds. After mm-hmm. that, it's up to you to continue the anger and just let it go. So, you know, with you telling me, uh, honey, just go to the room, relax, you know, take your time, come back out, because you're going to say things that you don't really mean, and you can't take back when you say hurtful things. And that helped me a lot to, to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad that that's not an issue that we have to deal with anymore. No. And now we're trying to help our son with it because he's <laughs> got teenage testosterone running through his veins. So, uh, We're trying to help him with that too. So people always tell us that we make it look easy, but it's really not. We work really hard at our relationship, both personal and in the family. I think the first five years were the hardest. And after that, things seemed like they got smoother. And I really think a lot of that had to do with communication. And I think at the beginning of any relationship, it's hard to talk about certain things and the lack of communication causes problems. So I think once you and I figured out that we needed to be straightforward about everything, it really helped. I mean, We were always honest, but I think, well, I know I held back from saying certain things because I thought they would upset you. Of course. So what's your advice about communication to other couples? Well, I know, I can can speak from you and I. I know there was times that when Shawnee and Madison would come down, uh, it was tough because I didn't, again, I didn't want to reprimand them so much. And you were watching them walk over top of me and have them treat me like, you know, not so well. And you're like, honey, you need to get up on that a little bit. So for me, it was hard. Uh, It was really hard because, again, I only got to see him four times out of the month. And, you know, for I guess for the listeners, I would just say that it's important that you and your significant other get on the same page. Whereas you and I did, we finally got on the same page and we realized that no matter what kind of arguments or what was going on, that you and I had to stand strong with each other. You and I would go into the room. Kids would never see us argue. We'd go into the room. We'd talk about you know our feelings and what's going on, and then we'd come back out. And then the kids were like, "That's it? Like, no fighting, no arguing? No, there was no need for it." And I think it's good for the kids to see that. Yeah, and I think the main thing is not getting defensive. If your partner comes to you about something that is upsetting them, to not just get defensive right away, to actually listen to them, and they're not they're not coming down on the kids. They're just trying to talk to you about the way that they feel about a situation. So yes. Okay, one last thing I want to talk about before I move on to the listener questions. Um, You and I spend a lot of time together at work, but even so, we make sure that we take every other weekend without the kids to focus on us. Work time is not the same as spending quality time together. And I think one of the mistakes we made in the beginning is that we were only mom and dad and we forgot to spend time nurturing our relationship. And I think there's a misconception that only women want date nights and that men don't care about that kind of stuff. Can you speak from a man's perspective about why you feel date nights are important and why it really helps us? 
Well, it's obvious. It's it's for the for you and I to reconnect, and for I guess the parents to reconnect. Um, <clears throat> speaking of you, I know that you're an extreme workaholic, and mm-hmm. if I don't get you out of this house every other weekend, you will sit in here and you will do podcasts, you will do house cleaning work. I mean, you never come off the computer because you're constantly working, making dinner, making sure everybody's okay. You you take care of the whole household. So I feel that it's important that I get you up out of this house, take you somewhere, and get you away from everything so that you can actually relax. And I think it's important for all families to do that. You know, it's important that, you know, the mom and dad get away, have a mom and dad night, it, it, relax, you know, don't yeah. think about the kids for about, you know, for a day or so, you know. So I think it's very important that, you know, the people have their own little date nights. I know you and I extremely enjoy it, and it's, it's worth it. When we come back on Sunday night from wherever we go, we're just so relaxed. Yeah, I need I need that every other weekend, definitely. And you're right, I, I won't stop working if I'm here. All right, so we got some great questions from the listeners. Uh, not sure if we can get to all of them, but we can certainly try. The first one comes from another Melissa, and she says, I recently got engaged, so I want to know your engagement story. Melissa doesn't gush much about your personal lives, so I think you should take the plunge and dive into the details. My partner and I took our relationship extra slow because of the kids. It was really hard to navigate in the beginning of when to introduce a new partner process and when to move in together. And even though everything with the kids went amazingly smoothly, we were nervous about getting engaged. We wondered if it would change anything for the kids. Would they look at things differently or negatively? So far, all of our fears have been unfounded, and we sort of feel silly for being so nervous. Is this your experience, and would you recommend waiting as you did, and what other factors should you consider? I know that's a really big question, so you can, I guess, first start with our engagement story, I guess. Okay, well, our engagement story is kind of funny, because, again, we are always with each other, I mean, 24-7, and I remember you and I were at the mall, and... uh, you showed me a ring, you know, kind of what you liked. And of course the, the kids are like, Oh, get, get married, get married, get married. Come on, you guys, come on. And they were like, Oh, in good time. <clears throat> so we were like, okay, well, you and I are walking. And I said, honey, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to run to the, the uh, food court real quick. I'll be right back. So I ran over to where I got your ring. I hurry up and bought it, got it, got it all taken to care. <clears throat> and I ran back as fast as I could without you noticing, you know, and then, I finally got it the same day, or I think it was a week later, I got the ring, and I was hiding it. And I'm, you can, I'm sure you probably told people before, I'm not good at keeping secrets. I'm <laughs> horrible at it. So I had that ring sitting in our room for over a month, waiting for your brother and your mom and the family to come down from New York. And uh, the whole thing was is I was going to have our niece <clears throat> give her the ring, the box, and I was going to act like I'm talking to you. And then when you turned around, I was going to get on one knee with our niece holding the box with the ring and I got a little choked up and a little nervous, but it ended up being okay. I proposed to you over a year ago and it, it, it was worth it, but it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you're, you're the worst at keeping secrets. And then you <laughs> I, forgot to tell the part where I guess it was Zales, Zales credit mm-hmm. card and a Zales thing oh. came in the mail like the day before. And I got the mail and you had been, <clears throat> excuse yeah, I me. about that. You had been running out to the mailbox every single day. And of course, the one day that I got the mail, I see the Zales thing. And I was like, well, honey, why is there something from Zales? And you were like, oh, no, I, I tried to get the card, but I couldn't. And the funny thing is, it was one week right before I proposed. Yeah. 
You know, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? So yeah, it it was tough. (laughs) Yeah, that was. And so, um, and we did, we waited a really long, we waited seven and a half years to get engaged. And um, I mean, I think, I know that I was worried about making the same mistakes again. And and we both were, because we both had been divorced. So, I mean, do you think, would you recommend to other people waiting like we did? Or what do you think? I think every family is different. Yeah. Uh, You and I, you know, you didn't even show me to the babies until what, three months into our relationship. Yeah. You know, because you wanted to make sure as a responsible mother that you are, that I was going to be around, you know? And of course, on my side, I, you know, I introduced you pretty much right away and the kids absolutely loved you, but I understood where you were coming from. So I think, I think it, it all depends on, on, on people, on yeah. the, you know, the couple really. Yeah. yeah. And so now we just got to work on the next step. So Next question, kind of in line with the first, but it's from someone else. How do you deal with peer pressure from people who mean well when they ask why you two still aren't married and when are you going to get married? Well, you know me. I really don't care what other people think. (laughs) You know, I don't. Um, I understand most of our clients. They're just, you know, they love us so much. We've had them for, you know, some of them for almost 10 years. So they're pretty much like family to us. And of course, they want to see us get married. And that's understandable. But you know, with the kids and as they get older and more expensive. And, you know, I just think that we'll do it when we can. And uh, right now, I think for other people, you know, they, again, it's, they have to choose when they think it's the right time. Yeah. For you and I, it's, you know, we'll, we'll probably do it within a year or so. I'm just waiting maybe hopefully when your family comes back down again and we can, you know, just do maybe a beach thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. But yeah, we, we have a couple of clients that every single time we go there, we go there once a month or every two weeks. And every time we walk in the door, they're like, do you have a wedding plan yet? And we're like, no, not yet. So yeah, it it does. It shouldn't matter what other people think. I mean, this is really, you know, your relationship, your life, you shouldn't have to explain to anybody else. We we had people too, that were also getting on us that we lived together before we were married. And, you know, and, and I understand that some people's beliefs and their, their religious beliefs and, um, you know, but that wasn't ours. And so, you know, you have to just, it's, it's your business. Okay. So another question, since you are not married yet, do the kids consider themselves step siblings? Does it get awkward having to explain to people who the kids are when you're out? How do you handle questions from people and that situation in general? Well, in all honesty, I don't, the kids, we, they have been together since they were like young. So, you know, they look at each other as brother. I mean, they honestly look at each other like brother and sister. They don't see it any other way. And Shawnee, he's our oldest 16 year old boy with all girls. You know, he looks at them as he's the protector of his sisters. That's it. You know, he doesn't treat them any differently, you know? And, uh, I just think that, uh, I don't know. I think that, uh, it's important that you connect as a family together. It doesn't really matter step or, or, or biological. And as far as, you know, people asking us, I don't, I don't ever say this is my stepdaughter or my bonus daughter. I always just say this is my daughter. Now, if someone's like, oh, you guys have four kids. I mean, how does Melissa have a body like that with four kids? Then we usually say, well, she has two and I have two. But then we never say that. We always say, that's my baby. That's my baby girl. That's my baby boy. Yeah. And I think the only other time that it's really relevant is when one of our exes is present. Right. Like if we're at a school function or a concert or something, then we, we go ahead and explain, well, this is, this is bonus mom, bonus dad or whatever, you know, cause then you kind of have to do that. But otherwise it shouldn't really, it shouldn't really matter. It doesn't. And again, sometimes you'll have, I'll have my ex-wife with us when we're all together. And, and sometimes you'll have your ex-husband with us. And 
you know, we all get along. I mean, it took a long time to get there, yeah. but we you know we are all one big, huge family now and it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on. Sure. The next one is a really great question. Um, this person says, you and Melissa have been a blended family for a long time. Is there anything you wish you knew in the beginning that you know now? Is there anything you would do differently during the first few years of blending now that you have had time to reflect? Well, I probably wish my anger wouldn't have been so bad back then. Uh, you know, I, I wish I would have came into the relationship, you know, with a better uh, control of my anger. But, you know, as well, it is. It's, she's, you helped me with it. So, but as far as the kids, I don't know. I mean, I taught Alicia's football, you know, and, you know, I think that I, I regretted a little bit. I think a little bit I felt a little, you know, bad because I didn't get to see Shawnee and Madison all that often. And, and I was living with Nikki and Alicia all the time. So I saw Madison, which is our middle one, you know, kind of have a little resentment against, against Nikki, you know, because she's probably thinking, well, you know, dad's always with Nikki mm-hmm. and Alicia and, you know, here I am up here. They're getting to be around my dad all the time. And I think it, it, it hurt them a little bit. I think but you and I, we were so good about keeping them all together and treating them all the same, you know, which took a lot of time that I think they, you know, I, I think I would just wish I would have been a little bit more, you know, understanding with that whole situation. Yeah. And the only thing that I would add to it, you know, is that I think we wish we knew that it was going to get better. I think that we really struggled the first few years with all different kinds of things. And I think that, you know, you always think, gosh, this is so hard. This is never going to get easier. But I think if somebody was, you know, told us, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to get easier. This, these little issues are going to work themselves out in time. I think we would have felt a lot better about it then. Well, the thing was, is I remember... In, with Nikki and Madison, I remember them getting in tiffs all the time. Yeah. And then they would come and, you know, tell on each other. And, of course, you and I used to get upset. And we never got mad at each other, but we would get so upset because it's like we didn't know if it, we knew when the weekend came and all kids were here, it, all heck was going to break loose. And then we always knew that Nikki and uh, Madison were going to be the ones kind of fighting back and forth. That's the youngest ones. And then they used to get you and I so upset that mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you and I wouldn't be mad at each other, but it would just be tension in the air. And then we just, one day, I mean, I, it must have been probably four years later, I remember you and I looking at each other and saying, you know what? One day they're all going to move or get older and move out and we, you and I are just going to have each other. So we need to just, you and I need to stay together as a bond, you and I, and, and get on the same page, you and I. And then... You know, I hate to say it, but we always said, if there's no bloodshed, then I guess, you know, I guess everything is fine. Yeah, but once you know? we did that, it really, it really helped. We told the yeah. kids we're not getting involved anymore. Like, figure it out yourself, right. and they did, and they did, yeah. and it was, it was so much easier after we finally stopped getting upset about those little things. Oh yeah, because they knew that they could narc on each other, and then we'd get upset, and then we'd be like, you know, you know, Madison, you're doing this. Nikki said, Nikki, Madison said, you're doing that, and then yeah. finally, you and I just stayed out of it, and then it now they're best of friends. Yeah, oh, sisters. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad we got through that. (laughs) Me too. All right. The next question is, this person says, I am not super active on Facebook or forums, but from what I can see, the vast majority of people talking about their struggles with blended family are women. As hard as being a stepmom is, I know it's difficult for the dads too. I'm curious as a stepdad and ex-husband, how do you get the support you need or maybe needed more in the beginning? Any resources you would recommend to other men having gone through divorce, starting a new family, being a stepdad, etc.? Books, videos, anything. 
No, I guess it's just talking to your partner. I mean, I really, you know, for you and I, we've always just had each other. And, you know, I really, there's not too many people on the outside that I would talk to about this situation. You know, you and I would just talk to each other. We'd work things out with each other because honestly, other couples might be going through maybe the same things or maybe they're not. But I didn't really want to, you know, air out our dirty laundry to other people because maybe they wouldn't understand. Right. Whereas you and I, you know, we knew what we were in for. You know, we knew what we had to do. And again, it took years for us to get a handle on the situation, but we did. And uh, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, even if you if you think back to when we started uh, podcast, I mean, I'm sure they were around, but they really weren't so much of a thing. I mean, we didn't yeah. even have iPhones back then, and they're really, I mean, aside from going to the library, which is not your favorite place, there's nope. there's really not a place for you to go to for support. Whereas now, I mean, I think there's been a huge advance in technology in the last five years that now there's tons of information available on the internet and everywhere you go that you could have gotten information. And now, you know, we we need it less. I think because we've been at it for so long and of course there was never a podcast on blended families which is why I wanted to start this because I know that people are out there that need help and they don't know where to turn and you and I kind of just buckled down and dealt with it you know together but you're right we didn't really seek anyone else so well, that, that's why I think this podcast is so good and again I'm not trying to promote you I'm just saying <laughs> is that you you know you have such a big heart that all you want to do is help people. And I think people that are listening to you know that now they, I think they get to know who you really are and this is who you are. You just want to help people. And I think this is the reason why we did this is because we know that there wasn't really anything really out there. Even if you looked it up, you know, it's maybe by a psychiatrist or psychologist and really, I mean, unless they're really going through it themselves, they really don't know really what it's like to be in a blended family and know how hard it is to make it all work. And it really does take a lot of love and a lot of patience and work. Yeah. And, you know, it finally, after, you know, what, I mean, we've been together for almost 10 years, but I'd say about the fifth year, it really started getting good. Yeah. Well, and this gal, you know, being a stepmom, I, I know what she's saying. A lot of the forums are are women. Mm-hmm. Um, we need some more men in this group. We, we have a few out there. I know we've got Scott and Rick and uh, I think there's a guy, Clint. We've got a, we've got a bunch of men and you, of course, but we need to get some more men in this group. I well, think. because most of us, honey, it, is that we guys, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm speaking of most men, we don't just, you know, we don't talk about our feelings as much. Yeah. We try to just say, ah, oh, it'll get better. We'll just let it go. It'll get better. You know, and whereas women, they're like, no, it's not going to get better. You got to deal with this situation now right. where we're right. like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So I think, again, that's why I think most men, you know, even including myself, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, ah, it, it, it'll be fine. And you're like, honey, no, no, we got to deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... I think that's the reason why most men probably don't really talk about it as much. Yeah. Different species. Okay. (laughs) The last question is, obviously every situation is different, but what, what does this say? What, what type of relationship would you like Melissa to have with your former partner? And also what type of relationship would you like to have with Melissa's former partner? I'm curious to know another man's perspective on ideals and goals when it comes to these relationships. Well, okay, that's easy. Uh, Again, we've been together for nine years, and the first year, you and my ex-wife were close, and then something happened, and it fell through for about three years, and then all of a sudden, I guess because I think my ex figured it out that you weren't trying to replace her, Mm -hmm. and that you were just trying to help her, and she saw that you were were really, really good for our, our kids, 
And she now, and you and her are actually really close. Yeah. Which took a long time. And, and again, it, it was tough. But, you know, I think it's, it's great. It's great that, you know, the kids see it now because the kids are like, oh, wait a minute. You know, finally, you know, my bonus mom and my mom are actually really getting along. And, you know, it's great. And for your ex-husband, you know, I love Rick. He's a great guy. I mean, at first, you know, I wasn't sure either. You know, I saw he's like a play dad, you know, which I guess I kind of am too. But, you know, I I looked at it like, well, he's not doing the right things, you know? And then I'm thinking, well, I kind of do the same things he kind of does too. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to kind of get on the same page with what Rick's doing. And now that Rick's kind of getting on the same page with what we're all doing, and now we're all getting on the same page. So the kids used to try to go back and forth. You know, like, you know, I remember Alicia saying, Mom, Dad won't do this. Then, you know, you, then you, she'd come over to your uh, house and say, well, you know, Dad won't do this for me. And you'd get upset, you know, because what she was trying to do is try to play you and Rick against each other. Yeah. And so did Shawnee and Madison try to play me against, you know, Amy. And it was funny that finally when we all actually sat down and started talking with each other saying, wait a minute, this never happened. We realized that the kids were trying to play us against each other, and kids do do that. They want the attention. Yeah. And once they realize that all four of us are on the same page and no more talking, you know, and trying to get things, you know, against us and stuff, it, everything started really working out a lot better that way. Yeah, that's that's huge. I think. I mean. Kids are going to manipulate any situation they can. So I think we've got it really good now where we're all communicating. And if something yes. comes up, instead of just making an assumption, we will go right to the ex-partner and say, did you say this? Did you do this? Did this happen? And mm-hmm. I think that it's really helping. And I think for the kids, it's so important to have, you know, it. you don't have to be best friends with your ex. You don't have to. But at least if you're communicating and you can you know, be in the same room and smile at one another and be cordial. It means so much to the kids, you know, of course, of course it does. When Alicia was playing football and I was coaching, Rick was right there on the sidelines, Yeah, you know, and I think Alicia looking over and having that big smile saying, wow, I have my mom, my dad, my bonus dad. And then of course, you know, going and watching Madison cheer, she's in cheer competition, you know, and knowing that her mom and her stepmom and her dad are sitting there cheering her on. She had the biggest smile on her face. Yeah, sitting together, not not sitting right. across the room, but right. actually sitting together. And, and it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. It's amazing. Okay. Well, I think our time is coming up. Is there any last advice or words of encouragement that you would have for the listeners? Well, I just say that in a blended family, again, it just takes a lot, a lot of love it takes a lot of patience, you know, it, it takes communication is probably one of the biggest things of them all, because if you're not communicating, then things kind of slide under and you don't know what's really going on. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think trying to show the most important thing, honestly, I think is showing all the kids equal love, you know, kids, believe it or not, know when you have a favoritism, kids know it, yeah. they know it, but they may not say it, but they know it. And I think that we all you know, all of us as a blended family need to show all the kids the same amount of love. It doesn't matter if you get to see them four times a month and, and your bonus kids live with you. You know, it's about showing all the kids the same amount of love. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Sean. You're welcome. It was fun having you on here. And to the listeners, did you all enjoy hearing from Sean? If so, send us some feedback. Let us know if you want him on again. Send feedback on Facebook in the group at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. Sean is actually in that group if you want to find him and personally message him there. Or you can always email me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye.
You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.